0: Explore the heart and soul of Outback Australia with Vision Tours. Travel to fantastic destinations like Broken Hill, Coober Pedy, Uluru and Alice Springs. Visiting local churches and meeting people spreading God's word in remote
1: communities. The Salt and Light Tour, in conjunction with Bush Church Aid, is a holiday that celebrates our faith. Join like-minded people from July 28 with Vision Tours.
0: See full details at vision.org.au slash tours. Audio On Demand from Vision Christian Media. We're essentially walking, talking billboards for what Christians look like. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says we each have an important choice to make.
1: Some people bring joy wherever they go. Some people bring joy whenever they go. Which person are you? Are you the person that lights up the room or turns off the lights? Are you the person that brings everything down or are you the person that builds others up? This is-
0: Disagreement and conflict is almost inevitable in human relationships. When that happens, some people put up their fists, others call a lawyer, and others look up the proverb that says, a soft answer turns away wrath. In the big picture, those moments can either support our efforts to share Christ or undermine them. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us deal with everyone in a spirit of grace and humility. We're in Acts chapter 15.
1: I heard about three biker dudes that pulled up to a roadside cafe one day and they walked in and here's a a smallish man sitting on a stool having a meal and they looked at this guy, started laughing, hassling him. One of them took his meal away from him. Another pushed him off his stool and the man uh, just went over and paid for his bill, quietly walked out, got into his semi He's a trucker, okay? And one of the bikers says to the waitress, he's not much of a man, is he? She said, well, I guess not. She's looking out the window and watching the trucker drive away. She says, I guess he's not much of a trucker either because he just ran over three Harleys. (laughs) Maybe that's not the best way to resolve conflict. But we all deal with conflict each and every day, right? There's just no way around it. I don't know how you were raised, but in my home, as you know, uh, there was a lot of domestic violence. My mom would get drunk and get in fights with her husbands and her boyfriends. And, and I don't just mean yelling, I mean throwing things, hitting. I would sometimes get up in the morning, things were smashed all over the floor, dents in the wall. It, it was horrible environment to be brought up in. And I think it's a, at a very early age, as a little boy, I I sort of developed a a desire to be a peacemaker. I I wanted to resolve conflict. I didn't want to see people fighting and have conflict. Another thing I sort of retreated into was my own little world of art and cartoons where I could kind of have another place to live instead of the crazy world I was living in and I developed a rather warped sense of humor my observations, because you think, well, Greg, sometimes you're very sarcastic and, and your humor's a little odd. You don't know what I hold back. <laughs> you don't know what comes into my mind. I have five things that go, veto, 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 veto. I'll let that one through. That's how it works, okay? And that, even that is a defense mechanism uh, that I develop. But I bring all of this up because I became a Christian. And I thought, okay, now, no more conflict. No, no more disagreements. We're all gonna just get together and sing Kumbaya and perpetuity. (laughs) Well, I came to discover that is not the case because conflicts and arguments will happen, even among Christians. You know, there are some people that Create conflict unnecessarily. Conflict follows them wherever they go. It's always some kind of drama, right? You invite them over, there's going to be something that happens. And sometimes you don't want to invite those people over because, in a way, they're kind of like troublemakers. I, I make up imaginary characters Bobby Buzz killed Debbie Downer. I'm going to add a new one to that Bobby Buzz killed Debbie Downer and Tina Troll. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And sorry to make her female. But uh, this is the person that always counterpoints everything, even when you don't need to. And I find most of the trolls, though they're on Instagram and Facebook, many of these trolls are on Twitter, right? So you'll post a picture with some friends. Had a great meal tonight. And the troll will come back and say, it must be nice to eat when people around the world are starving. (laughs) Yeah, it is, and I'm sorry about that, but it was a nice meal. Or, uh, oh, here's a picture with my family. And then the troll comes back and says, not everyone has a family. Try to be more sensitive, do better. Oh, brother, really? And then you do another post, oh, uh, you know, beautiful photo of a sunset, check it out. And they come now with Bible verses. First John 2.15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world You know, really? That's so out of context. You post a picture. Hey, I had a great laugh with some people. Oh, you know, let your laughter be turned to sorrow and your joy into mourning. Well, these are verses in the Bible, but people are misusing them. And there are some people that use the Bible to beat people down rather than build them up. And there are people out there that will mistreat you, They'll slander you, they'll hurt you. So what do we do with these people? Well, one thing you can do on social media is block them. (laughs) And I love to block people. I love it. (laughs) Now if you say something I don't agree with, I might delete your comment. But if you attack, I'll block you. And I wish I could do it in real life. (laughs) Of course, you can't do that. So we're gonna have to learn how to resolve conflict let me add these words, to the best of our ability. The Bible says, as much as it is possible, live at peace with all men. Aren't you glad the Bible says as much as it's possible? Because with some people, you can't live at peace with them. But at least you want to make the effort. So let's explore that together, because that's the subject before us in Acts 15, conflict. We have some troublemakers that have entered this scene. They're believers in Jesus. They're Jewish and they have a Jewish background and they felt that one had to be circumcised before they could become a Christian. This is basically a right of the Jewish religion. It was never required of anyone but a Jew but they're saying you have to be circumcised. So number one, this hurts. If you don't know what I'm talking about, talk to your parents or someone else or <laughs> we'll explain it. Circumcision hurts. Number two, they were placing an unnecessary barrier on these new believers. So Paul and Barnabas are now a missionary team and they're not happy about it. Remember I told you Barnabas, his name means encouragement or the son of encouragement. It wasn't his given name, it was effectively his nickname. He was literally Mr. Encouragement. So if Mr. Encouragement wasn't encouraged, something was wrong. There was a saying in that day that went along the lines of, if Barney isn't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now that wasn't really a saying. But, but there was a saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Barnabas was not pleased with this. Paul was not pleased with this. And they thought, we need to go back to the leaders in Jerusalem and get this resolved. So now they're gonna make the journey back to Jerusalem because these Judaizers, these legalists, were saying, James authorized what we're saying. And as it turns out, James had not authorized it at all. So they were not being truthful, so they wanted to go and get it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Now James is the brother of Jesus. We well, could say half-brother, because obviously Jesus was supernaturally conceived and the womb of Mary, but James was a son of Mary and Joseph. He grew up with Jesus. And by the way, if you grew up with Jesus, that'd be hard not to drop that into every conversation. You know, you know. I remember when Jesus and I were just boys, this happened. Or I remember Mary, our mother, made us dinner the other day. And what a meal it was. You know. It, but he didn't do that. He didn't play the I'm the brother of Jesus card. But he was a man known for his great wisdom and he pretty much was the leader of the church at this point along with Peter. And so they need to go and speak with James now and get his input because of these legalists. And you know there are people like this that we know and you can probably think of them and I don't know if the people who are these people know they're these people. But uh, let me just give you a clue. If no one ever wants to hang around you, you might be one of these people. Consider it this way. Some people bring joy wherever they go. Some people bring joy whenever they go. (laughs) Which person are you? Are you the person that lights up the room or turns off the lights? Are you the person that brings everything down or are you the person that builds others up?
0: Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today we're continuing our study of Paul and Barnabas in Acts 15. Pastor Greg is pointing out how to show grace and mercy in dealing with others, especially in moments of conflict.
1: So they go back to Jerusalem and this is what happened as they meet with the apostles starting in verse 4, Acts chapter 15. Let's read it together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. And they repeated everything that God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted that Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. The apostles gave a ruling. So basically they said, okay, we're not gonna require circumcision. And all the Gentiles collectively said, But now they go on to give a ruling, uh, verse 19. So my judgment is, and this is James speaking, my judgment is we should not make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols and sexual immorality and from eating the meat of strangled animals and from consuming blood. We'll stop there. So one of these conclusions dealt with morality The other two dealt with sensitivity. Let's start with the no-brainer, the one that dealt with morality. Tell these Gentile believers who've come to Christ the following. They should not commit fornication. That's what the King James Bible says, New Living Translation. They should not engage in sexual immorality. This comes from a single root word, pornea. We translate this word today to pornographic, pornography, etc., And it is a word that speaks of all sexual activity outside of God's proper order. And what is that? The only place where sexual uh, activity can take place legitimately in the eyes of God is between a man and a woman in a marriage relationship, period. Right, that's it. There are no exceptions. Extramarital sex is forbidden in scripture. Premarital sex is forbidden in scripture. People say, I wanna know the will of God. God says very clearly in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, here's God's will. Be holy and stay away from all sexual sin. So I I don't know what's happening in your life and if you've wondered about this, but this is clearly taught in scripture. But now we come to an issue of sensitivity where they say tell them to not eat food that was offered to idols. Now this is hard for us to understand today so let me give you a little history. Uh, Back in this day there were pagan temples everywhere. Uh, Temples built for all these gods that the people worship. These are the Gentiles. And they would offer meat or animal sacrifices to these idols so you could get a killer deal on this meat. you could go in and buy it at a greatly reduced price. It was a lot cheaper than the kosher meat down at the market uh, sold by the Jewish uh, merchants. And so the Gentiles are like, hey, we, we know these idols are false. We don't believe in these idols. Why pay retail when you can get it wholesale? Let's go and buy this meat. But this offended the Jewish believers because it was offered to idols. And so here's what Paul is saying. Look, even if this doesn't mean a lot to you, it means something to your Jewish brothers and sisters. So for their sake, don't eat it and stumble them spiritually. So take away truth for us. We should not put up a wall where God has opened a door. Uh, We should be a bridge, not a barrier, to people coming to Christ. We should be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. It should never be difficult for someone to come to church, say, for the first time. And clearly they may not be a believer. And that's, that's obvious for a number of reasons. But whatever it is, they come in they should always feel welcomed into the church. You know, a couple may come in and they're living together and they come to church or someone may come in and they're gay or someone may come in under the, they're a drug addict or whatever it is or they dress in a way that makes some people uncomfortable and you'll say, well, why are they in church? They're sitting next to me in church. I don't think this is a good thing. That would be like going to a hospital and saying, why are there so many sick people here? Because it's a hospital. And they're there to get better. And I'm glad they're in the hospital. And I'm glad non-believers come into our church because we want them to come. (laughs) As I've said before, the church is not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. Now having said that, I would also add this. They don't need to clean up their life and come to Christ. They need to come to Christ and He will clean their life up, all right? <laughs> Jesus said, he that would come to me, I would in no way cast them out. Jesus cleans His fish after He catches them. But having said that, now once they've come, once they've heard the gospel, and if they've made a profession of faith, that person who is gay needs to repent and no longer live that way the couple that are living together need to move out and consider if they should get married at all but not continue living in that way. The person who is addicted to drugs or alcohol should be and can be delivered by Jesus Christ, okay? So the change has to happen. But I think sometimes we get the cart before the horse. Well let's get them all cleaned up first and then they can come to church. No, let's get them to church. Let them hear the word of God but it all starts here. Let him come into a relationship with Jesus. Let's not get this in reverse and miss what this Bible that we're holding is saying to us. We should not do anything that would keep people from hearing the Gospels. So let's bring this to the present day. Let's say that I'm a meat eater and you're a vegetarian. And by the way, I am a meat eater. <laughs> I'm happy to be a meat eater. My wife took me out to a vegetarian restaurant the other day and didn't tell me until after the meal was done, I was in a vegetarian restaurant. Because she knew I wouldn't go with her. if she told me ahead of time. So I had the meal, it was very good. She said, how did you like it? I says, great. She said, there was no meat in it. No, there was. No, it's a vegetarian restaurant. You know, I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> That's a true story. So, so let's say you and I go out to a meal Uh, You're a a vegetarian or a vegan, and there's differences. I, I had to actually look this up. Now, a vegan is on a different diet that excludes all meat and animal products, including meat, poultry, fish, seafood, dairy, and eggs. That's a pretty limited diet. Then there's a vegetarian they can eat eggs and cheese, but not meat, poultry, and seafood. Then there's a pescatarian. You know what that is? A pescatarian is someone who eats fish but no other meat products. Then there's a Presbyterian pescatarian. <laughs> and they can only eat fish in church. I don't know if you've not. I made that part up. The pescatarian part is true. So let's say that we're sitting down for a meal and I'm, I'm eating my you know, filet and, and you're having your broccoli and, and you're offended. You're offended. You know, I wish you wouldn't eat that. That offends me. I can forego my steak so I don't offend you. Let's apply it a different way. Let's say we go to a restaurant and we order some pasta and you order a glass of wine. You say, I love wine with my Italian food. What if I say, but I was an alcoholic. And if I have one sip of wine, I could fall off the wagon. It's hard for me to sit here while you're drinking. Well, that's your problem, man. No, we're a family and out of consideration for that person, you would say, well, I'll forego that. I won't do that because I don't wanna do something that would cause you to stumble. Romans 14, 19 says, aim for harmony in the church and try to build one another up.
0: Good encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie that we should all aim for harmony in the church and try to build one another up. And there's more to come from this lesson next time on A New Beginning, as Pastor Greg shares more practical insight for conflict resolution and creating harmony in the church. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Resolve Conflict. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.